0: Hello and welcome to the Battle Line podcast, where we have conversations on that collision of space between community, faith, and culture. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Satterley. Here with me, as always, is the director of publications, my co host on this podcast, my co host in life. I'm not even going to ask her about the weather. How are you doing today, Major Jamie Satterley? How are you?
1: I am great. How are you? Doing
0: wonderful. Now we also have with us here our co-host, producer, the one who makes this whole thing run, our media manager, and I'm not even going to ask her about her alliteration on super stupendous swell. Elizabeth, how are you doing today?
2: I'm totally
1: rad. Nice. What? Mixed it up. <laughs> it took us. It took us to
0: episode 36, but we mixed it up a little.
1: <laughs> now everybody's going to be like, "Oh, what's wrong with Elizabeth? She's not super swell." <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> So uh, as we mentioned, uh, the battle line is a place where we have conversations on that collision of space between community, faith, and culture. And so today we're going to discuss three things that are at the forefront of cultural relevancy, or at least they are on the day that we recorded, uh, (laughs) (laughs) and that are relevant to faith and ministry.
0: Yeah. Major Jamie just alluded to it here. What's going on is we're recording this ahead of time because, you know, there's uh, youth councils and youth retreats and a lot of youth ministry coming up this spring. And so to make sure that we, are keeping in line. We're recording this episode right after the Oscars, which is something we're going to talk about. But by the time you hear this, you're going to be like, why are these fools still talking about the Oscars? (laughs) That was what at this point, it'd be three weeks ago, probably by the time you're hearing this. But listen, as we're talking about it, it's very fresh. Okay. So again, there's not much we could uh, uh, bring to the party that you probably won't have heard by the time this episode airs. But before we get to that, Let's talk a little bit about the first thing we want to talk about is just the rise and fall, the continual rise and fall we see of celebrity pastors. All right. Celebrity pastors. So first off, you may be asking, what is a celebrity pastor? Major Jamie, if I was just to ask you, how would you define in a couple of words, what's a celebrity pastor? How would you say that?
1: Yeah. So this is an interesting conversation. It's one that we've had in publications when we're talking about you know, people to interview or people to feature. What's the difference between a celebrity Christian mm. and a Christian celebrity, oh. right? And so I think it's kind of the same nuance here. What's a celebrity pastor is just a a person who, a pastor, they are a pastor of a church, um, a pastor in ministry, but because of the nature, uh, maybe the nature of their church or just the nature of, of that ministry, they have become famous. They have become celebrities almost um so the nuance i think is when we're talking about celebrities so celebrity christians versus christian celebrities you know one is somebody who's a a christian who happens to be a celebrity but one the other is a celebrity they are a cel- a celebrity. how many times got i say celebrity C- it doesn't celery. sound like a real <laughs> word anymore
0: they're a celery pass somebody
1: me. who is a celebrity because they are because sure. of their Faith. Right? So
0: there are a lot of pastors who have, well, I shouldn't say a lot because the vast majority aren't, but there are a lot of pastors who are on TV of, of mega churches who have a, have, are in the net worth of millions of dollars. So, like those would be your Kenneth Copeland, your John Hagee, your Pat Robertson. In my opinion, I would not consider them celebrity pastors. They're pastors who are worth a lot of money. But here's just sort of my list, I would say, of celebrity pastors when I think your Stephen Furtick. Your Joel Osteens, your Creflo Dollars, your Joyce Myers, even your Carl Lentz, um, that kind of stuff. So, any other ones, Major Jamie, that you would think of that you would add to that list?
1: Well, we could talk about Brian Houston, who probably isn't a huge celebrity here in America, but certainly in Australia, he Mm. would be. He was until this past week, uh, as of recording time, the leader of Hillsong International, but he's stepped down um, now, you know, because of some allegations and some investigations that are happening. So um, I, I mean, I think it's going to be different generationally, right? This oh, Gen good. Z is going to think of Carl Lentz, um, you know, and and that kind of, but I would even say for me, Matt, there's a difference to me between Carl Lentz and like Stephen Furtick. Agreed. Agreed. Right. It's not I- the same. They, they are both famous pastors, but on the levels are just different. Stephen Furtick, I think, is is has become so popular because of his messages, because of the songs that are coming out of the music ministry at a church, because of all those things. Whereas Carl Lentz, I think, became famous to a lot of people because of his proximity to celebrities.
0: Sure. I I I, all I, I think what we're trying to say is there's no cookie cutter thing to say, oh, okay, you've reached the level of celebrity pastor. It's like, there's no like checklist. And once you do item A and B and C, now you're in this club. Not at all. Because again, we talked about pastors who are, have a net worth of millions of dollars. But again, I wouldn't say that some of these People who were hit their popularity the most in the 80s, 90s are still celebrity pastors today. But that's not the discussion. The discussion we want to have today is um, and again, we're not trying to come down on the side and we're not trying to like slam celebrity pastors. Perhaps there are people out there who want to have that conversation. That's why this podcast exists, to just have that collision of space between faith, community, and culture. Yeah, and have to, that conversation.
1: Like with Pierre, it's all about igniting conversation, right? We're gonna yeah. we have a conversation here, but it's meant to stir up conversations, whether it's in your own, your own heart, conversations between you and God, conversations with, you know, somebody who's riding in the car with you, with coworker, with your family. Um, just, Hey, like, what do you, what do you think about this?
0: If you, after this podcast ends and you are thinking about a subject that we talked about and wrestling it in your own mind, then we consider that a success. All right. So here, let's just do this. We're going to say the prunes pro prunes. That's not prunes. (laughs) what are the pros Some of them are (laughs) savage what are the pros and cons of a pastor who begins to gain a huge influence like a celebrity status so let's go with the pros first all right what are some of the pros that you think the good things the bonus the the benefits that come from a pastor who has a wide influence a wide tech uh Uh, I was almost going to say my first one. So, go ahead, Major Jamie. I have one, but you go ahead first.
1: No, well, I think it's just what you said. For me, that's a pro, is that they do have such a wide sphere of influence. Um, You you know, your platform is bigger, and so that's more opportunity for people to hear the word.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think, and that's where mine was going to say, I say one pro is uh, that influence and Harness that with technology. I think technology today, social media has given birth to a new celebrity pastor, because uh, when we say celebrity, we're not talking like Hollywood, like celebrity. I, maybe we should say like uh, mass influential pastor or something like that. And I think technology has made it. Now, a pastor can speak um, the word, the gospel, and that message can go out to millions of people who otherwise would not never step foot in a church because they see it on TikTok or Instagram or something like that. So that's a definite pro, I think, uh, for, for again, I'm going to put it in air quotes, a celebrity, an influential, highly influential, mass influential pastor. What other pros do you have, Major Jamie?
1: Yeah, no, and I just think in, in correlation with that, it's even the the modes that the, the word is getting uh, – spread out the transmissibility is that the word probably not of 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 the word so we're it's not just like you have to be in the audience to hear the message now you can hear it on youtube or you can hear it on facebook live you can hear it on tiktok where they just clip clips of the sermon and put it out there on tiktok and so now you somebody may also be reaching Different generations, uh, different cultures, different audiences than what you would, they would have traditionally done within their own building.
0: Yes, agreed. You know, I was thinking, like, uh, as we were talking, like Craig Rochelle, right, of Life Church. Like, they just, I mean, think they, if I'm getting my facts straight, like Life Church was the catalyst to getting the Bible app started.
1: Yeah, it comes, that comes
0: out of their ministry. And look how many downloads the Bible app has now i mean i think they're in the i think they're in the billions around the world because of all the languages and all the thing and that was that wasn't just started with with craig rochelle but like I look mean, he at didn't the,
1: write the bible right but he just
0: made it accessible look to, at the influence yeah. that that has had like yeah. people who otherwise would not read a bible have that on their phone because just the accessibility.
1: yeah. And uh, now they're, that church is also venturing out into the metaverse, right? Insane with stuff. With virtual church that you can, you know, they have congregations, a virtual congregation and virtual Bible studies and all the things that you would normally do at an in-person church, the fellowship opportunities, the, um, you know, listening to sermon opportunities, the fellowship, did I already say fellowship? Whatever. All those opportunities, they... You can now do that in the metaverse, yeah. which is wild. It's wild. It's just wild.
0: How about the cons? What are some of the cons you think when you think of celebrity pastors? I think the easiest one comes when, like, the public downfall, right? When, when, with the more eyes, the, the more eyes that are on you, while there should be higher accountability when there's more eyes on you, um, inevitably, folks, if you're out there, pastors are human beings. Right. They're fallen uh, human beings. And when they have a public downfall, everybody sees it. What are you going to say, Major Jim?
1: No, you're right. And I think now that there's even more opportunity, that's the struggle. This isn't necessarily a con for celebrity pastors, although they're affected by it. Is This is just the downside of virtual church, though, is now when something happens, it's online, so it goes everywhere quickly, right? So I was thinking um, of—I don't know if I'd call him a celebrity pastor. I think he's well known. Um, Michael Todd—he, um, you know, wrote wrote a great book. Um, but he was—he got—he <laughs> went viral recently for a sermon where he was doing where uh, it was a common passage of scripture that's preached on, where Jesus spits in the mud. Oh, yeah, mixes yeah, yeah. the mud rubs the mud on the guy's eyes and his sight is restored. Well, Michael Todd spit on a guy's face uh, to as a, uh illustration of this. And it, man, I first heard about it on Twitter. It was everywhere uh, and people had all kinds of things to say. And so like his heart was in the right place, right? He was trying to convey this message of God, but he just made a misstep and man, it was a misstep seen across the world. Um, and so I think that is a con, like you say, it, it's, it just becomes a lot more visible, but I think even more important than that, I mean, yes, that's a huge deal because now it's like, it's the word, it's the faith that is, um, you know, diminished you know, in people's eyes. Um, But I just think that there's also, we have to remember the uh, kind of almost decay that becomes possible for their soul, right? Mm. Humans weren't created for power. We just don't handle it well. (laughs) Uh, And so I think a lot, we see that with people, unfortunately, like Carl Lentz, where the fame and the popularity get so big, and our, our souls just weren't meant for that, and we don't always handle it well. Um, and then just the the trauma that comes out of that, the damage to ourselves, the damage to our families, um, and so for me, that's a con. Is just it's it's too it's too easy for us to get sucked into the. The negative side or that desire just to keep it coming and keep it coming. And I, I want to maintain this level of fame or I want to maintain this level of reach. Right. I don't want to lose it. And then it becomes, this is another con, it becomes so driven by what's popular or what gets clicks or exactly. what gets liked that it's maybe not always the message that God is saying like, no, this is what I want you to speak. But it's like, well, what's going to get, what's going to make people pay attention?
0: Right. I was going to say the same thing. I think that was my last con was that the message and sometimes could it's, easy for, it's easier for it to be changed because now instead of speaking to the truth of what God's word says to us, you're tickling the ears of what's going to get the most – like you just said, what we all fall into, trying to get the most likes, follows, uh, keep that info. – got to keep my stats up. So I have to preach a message that will inevitably keep my stats up. So again, that's why people say prosperity gospel gets so popular and people don't have those conversations on sin and hell and these things because – those aren't fun to listen to, yeah, but and they're the reality
1: needed. is, yeah, the reality is that like we're just as susceptible to this just in a different way within you know the army. I remember as a divisional youth secretary whenever we would do youth councils every year, it's always such a fine balance between like these are our these are the spiritual outcomes we want. we want kids to know Jesus, we want kids to to be discipled and to grow closer to him, we want his word to be heard, that is our main focus for the weekend. But because it's, you know, this weekend event and because you're with teens, you also want to do things that are fun. Um, you want to make sure that they're keyed in to the sessions. And so that's always there's always that temptation. And you have to be very careful that we're not focusing too much on too much on like the, the glitz and the performance and the, you know, the spe- spectacle of the show that it overrides the real reason we're there. And so I don't like, this isn't just something that pertains to celebrity pastors. This is all of us as people having to make sure that we're checking our own spirit to make sure that, that we're not falling into that same trap in whatever sphere of ministry or influence we might have.
0: It's good stuff. Would you say this, this question popped up, major Jamie, I'd love to hear your answer. Would you say that the apostle Paul could be considered a celebrity pastor? I mean, lots of people, this was an issue online, people, you can read about it. It's pretty funny, but, um, cause he, if we use the same barometers, right? Mass influencer, what could you say? I mean, I know this is, I don't, I know this is a area where you don't, maybe have to say yes or no, but like, would, would you consider the Apostle Paul, by the standards we're using, a celebrity pastor?
1: I mean, I don't know, because it didn't always go so great for him. I mean, yeah, right? he was stoned, he didn't get the same, shipwrecked, yeah, that's right
0: beat, Paul, beat.
1: Paul did not enjoy, if he was a celebrity pastor, let me just say, being a celebrity pastor back then, the perks <laughs> were not what they are today. Yeah,
0: he didn't get a nice yacht and nice No, I mean, he nice was in
1: jail and, you know, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> that's So, funny. maybe if he's a celebrity pastor, he's doing it wrong, or maybe he's doing it right. And that's the problem.
0: That's good. I like that. Um, Commissioner Heidi Bailey is a territorial commander out in the Central Territory. She said something once that I've written down on my phone and I keep all the time. She said this, pray to be used, not YouTubed. Pray to be used, not YouTubed. So Commissioner Heidi, uh, thank you for that. And I think let's talk really quick as we wrap up this about how this is going to affect our local ministry. How how does being famous or wanting to go viral affect our ministry in the Salvation Army? What do you think, Major Jamie?
1: Well, I mean, I think it's the same the same temptations, as I said, as, as every other thing. We just have to be careful that we're, you know, preaching what God has laid on our hearts, preaching the word, staying true to the gospel. Um, you know, if, if that goes viral, it's not—and again, uh, these aren't all bad things. It's like everything else in creation. They're not— Bad things—I shouldn't say everything else in creation, but you know, a lot of creation—they're uh, not bad things, but it's just that when they're misused or um, when you know when we allow them to change us, then then we get into dicey territory. Um, and so, I think it's just about making sure that our our hearts and are are in tune with His, that we're staying true to what our mission is. Um, you know, if we go viral, that's great. But let's just not let a let it be our change us, right? That's not our goal. Our goal is to spread the gospel and to serve, you know, a hurting humanity in His name. Yeah. that's the mission. If we go viral for that mission, great. More people have access, you know, or hear about Him, or the mission is spread. But the goal is the mission, right, and the spreading the the growth of the kingdom, not building God's kingdom, not own, building our own kingdom. That's right. It's about being let's. Uh, A shout out to Pierre. Go check out Panorama and our series there. (laughs) It's about being kingdom influencers, not influencing for my own gain.
0: Uh, Major Jamie, that's two publication uh, segues you've dropped so far in the episode. So well done. Um, (laughs) I think Philippians chapter one and Philippians chapter two both speak to this. Um, uh, In Philippians chapter one, I would say verse 15. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry but others out of goodwill. So we should always guard our hearts against that, that we are trying to uh, be envious of what others have, uh, a rivalry of what other preachers have. We shouldn't see that as an envy and rivalry. Listen, pastors out there, Uncle Matt, Uncle Matt here, like don't get into the comparison game. Please don't get in the comparison game. Salvation Army officers, if you're listening to this, please don't get in the comparison game, measuring the guy beside you and trying to preach out of envy and rivalry. We shouldn't do that. And then I would go Philippians 2, 3, where it says do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider other others better than yourselves. So I think Philippians one and two have a lot to speak to us if like major Jamie said, if we're trying to build our own kingdom, then that's sand we're building a we're building a house on sand and it deserves to be washed away. It won't stand through uh the fire on uh, God's judgment when he comes and you know only what's built in him will stand. So not built for us. Anything else you want to say there about Celebrity Pastors, Major Jamie? All right, let's move on to the next one. Again, let's talk about the slap heard around the world at the Oscars. Okay? Again, this has been a couple of weeks ago for you listening to now, but it's very fresh for us as we record. So Major Jamie, can you just give us the quick, like, two sentence? What happened?
1: Yeah, so uh, at the Oscars, uh, Will Smith and his wife, Jada Pinkett Smith, were there in the front row because he was nominated – Uh, And ended up winning the Oscar for um, King Richard. Yeah, for King Richard for Best Actor in a Motion Picture. Um, And so they were right up front. uh, And uh, instead of uh, having like one host, this time they had several comedians who were like, you know, just kind of interspersed throughout the program. Um, And one of those comedians was Chris Rock. So he was there on the stage just in front of them. And he made a joke um, about jada pinkett smith um that will smith took exception to and so he went up on the stage uh and gave him an open hand slap
0: five fingers to the back.
1: face yeah five fingers <laughs> to the face and then came back uh came back and had it in the seat and then there was like a, an interchange of yelling uh and then chris rock just kind of moved on and then then it then then the Interwebs exploded.
0: <laughs> what I like about the 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 situation is that I didn't expect there to be such vast different opinion depending on who you what side you're on. And again, we're not going to take a side here. We're just presenting it to you. We're going to open this up and 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 maybe some people say they are very pro Chris Rock. How dare Will Smith do that? Some people were like Will Smith should be taken from the building by security. He should be arrested. And some people that I talked to were like when you like in certain communities, like that is acceptable. Like if you say that thing, you are got to be prepared for the consequences that come your way. So uh, let's just look the, at it. For, go ahead. go ahead, Jane, The interesting
1: thing to me was that, you know, a lot of times when I'm, I'm reading about current events or whatever, um, on a place like Twitter, you kind of know like where the dividing line is going to be. I can always kind of guess like, okay, if I see this group of people commenting, they're groups or their comments are probably going to align with each other. This group of people, the, their comments are going to align. The interesting thing about this one is that there was no way to tell where everybody was going to fall, right? right? You had people from, you know, all, all different places where some were on one side, some were on another, and there was like no way to tell where people were falling within the spectrum. And so I thought that was really fascinating um, is, is just, just the amount of reactions and the different kind of reactions. And then some of them I was surprised by their take. Some of them I was not surprised by their take. Um, and so it was just a really interesting kind of dive into, uh, into, uh, mainly on Twitter in a way that I hadn't seen in a long time.
0: I, I think, uh, from, from here's one point of view, um, from, uh, as we talked about camp last uh, episode. So Major Jamie and I were camp directors, and I can't tell you how many times I had to tell campers who came to camp who tried to fight, or even sometimes summer staff members who would get so mad that they would try to fight other staff members. Because, um, you know, it's the summer. People get, it's hot, it's hot, sweaty, humid, you and you just get tired. When you get stuff. heated, you get but heated. We used to say all the time, you can't fight every single person who takes a dig at you, right? Who Who throws you know mud your way you can't fight every single person and for those kids i was thinking about those kids who i told you can't take a swing every time somebody says something to you to watch a role model of theirs walk up on the platform on an international audience and slap somebody in the face i think like to that that negates some of the work we've done there what do you say about that major jane before we flip it
1: yeah well i think so it's interesting because i think when you're just looking at it As to what happened then it's very easy i think to say here's here's the right reaction here's the wrong reaction whatever i think that there are a lot of layers here that people didn't understand until it started to process one was that uh jada pinkett smith has um what is classified as a disability she has a condition that's classified as a disability and his joke took a Punch at that. Um, and so that adds a whole nother layer because it's not just like your normal comedian banter, like, let me, you know, just make fun of you because you made a terrible movie or whatever, but it was aimed at a disability. Now, is there's debate about did he know that she has this disability? I mean, I probably because of the way that they've interacted, they've been in movies together, all those kind of things. It seems like a stretch to think that he probably didn't know about it, but. We don't know for sure. We don't live in his brain, so we can't say. The other thing is these these parties have been at odds with each other for a long time. So it's almost like there's uh, kind of a simmering, simmering, simmering. And this is, you know, uh, you say, Matt, I've heard you say before in correlation to other things, it's not a death by a boulder. It's a death by a pebble. Mm-hmm. Um, and so – this wasn't just like uh, a quick boulder that landed. These were pebbles that have been piling up and piling up and piling up. And we finally just that last pebble was on there and hit the breaking point. Yeah. So there, are, there's so much, so many layers and nuance to this situation that it's hard just to come in. I think for me, where I land is I don't think it's an either or. I think it's a both and. Sure. Oh. I think.
0: I love that word, that word play there.
1: Yeah. A wrong, uh, a r- wrong, reaction maybe in that moment in that violence was chosen that can be true and we can also say that the joke was inappropriate and over the line agreed I so think that's we can good. say you we can say listen both parties were in the wrong you were wrong for making that joke you were wrong for taking the hit now well, not everybody's going to agree with that take and yep. that's fine yeah, opinions. It's just
0: conversation. That's what we're yeah. just having conversation. And I think you're right, Major Jimmy. And that's what I was going to say. Like, um, people would say, well, you know what you're getting into when you bring a comedian on stage, like especially at the Oscars, no holds barred, right? They're going to say whatever they want to say. I mean, we've heard uh, comedians say far worse things sometimes as well. But um, I think this, this is where it is for each individual. Where is that line drawn when somebody now makes fun of somebody with a medical issue or a dis, uh, disability? Like if, let's say all of a sudden, if somebody was up on, a comedian was up on there, and remember the uh, guy that won Best Supporting Actor, I'm sorry, I don't know his name, who uh, the first, uh, one of the first deaf actors, one of the, you know, for, for CODA. Award. Award. <laughs> if, he, if, if a comedian had come up there and started making fun of a person who was deaf, right? Like we would all have been appalled by that. So again, like um th- th- yes, I think I think like how you said it was 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 chef's kiss, major Jamie, I think that was a perfect way to say it so at, as of where we stand right now, um Chris Rock said he's not gonna uh press any charges, will Smith has apologized um to apologized. Chris Rock
1: and to the academy,
0: yep, very good,
1: and to uh you know people who look up to him,
0: um spicy take real quick, this is just the opinion of Matt Satterley, uh, all rights reserved. I kind of wonder, was this staged? Let me just hear me. Let me Let hear you. Let me hear me out. Hear me out. I know a few of you are probably upset already. Hold on, hold on. The Oscars, we talked about this a couple episodes ago. The Oscars, all award shows have had super low numbers, right? All of a sudden, let's say, let's stage some beef. But this looked so real. Hey, hey, guys, guys, Uncle Matt here, they're professional actors. Their job is to convince us of things that are not true, okay? So, hey, let's chill with that, all right? And then I think, now what's going on? Everybody's talking about the Oscars. And you can bet next year how many people more are going to be watching the Oscars because they want to see if there's going to be any more beef. So I'm just saying, I'm not saying, I'm just saying, I, was this real or was this staged? I don't know. That's just my spicy take.
1: Yeah, I so I was leaning that way at the beginning. When the slap occurred, I thought, oh, this is fake. Because even like from the angle we first saw it, it didn't look like even really connected. And then... He just, like, was smiling as he turned and walked away. So I just thought, like, oh, this is, like, a gag, right? Until the yelling started. And then, for me, the thing that makes me think that it wasn't staged was just the look of utter, like, confusion and hurt on Chris Rock's face. I know you say he's an actor, Matt. Primarily, he's a comedian. Primarily, he's a comedian. (laughs) He is an actor, but primarily, he's a comedian. I don't think he's... To me, it was... Like, if that was an act, somebody needs to give that man an Oscar Uh, because his reaction, it was his like his face and almost the tears in his eyes and just the utter like, what just happened? That makes me like, "Mm, if he's acting, give that man an award because he convinced (laughs) me that he was just as shocked as everybody else in the.
0: All right. Listen, when we hear the true Hollywood story in twenty fifty two. I'll be proved correct.
1: Also, before we move on to the next subject, I just want to say um Denzel has always been the goat. This just made me realize oh, man. That even more that he's a goat. For him to say in a moment, listen, this these are the, the moments when the devil is coming for you. When
0: you were at your most what he said, man,
1: talk about preaching. Man, somebody it, get somebody ordain Denzel. We'll, get, yeah. Give him a Bible, we'll, put him in a stage. Let that man preach.
0: Will Smith quoted Denzel as he was getting up here. He said, it's when you are at your most high, when you are at the most popular, most success, that the devil comes for you. All oh, folks, that will preach. That will preach. Yeah.
1: It's a good lesson for all of us to learn. I just think, this this is not a podcast about the uh, positive attributes of Denzel Washington, but just go look at the support that he does in the community, how um, he supports other actors, how he supports um you know the arts and all these kind of things and just like sort of the didn't he pay the, for
0: chadwick bozeman to go to yes. the acting school in yeah, england
1: yeah before before chadwick um, bozeman was was a, a name he he just was like oh, i believe in this kid i'm gonna pay for him to make his way and then so i'm um, just just the stellar human being Side note: i don't know about <laughs> no, any no. i was gonna there. say yeah. we'll
0: check to see what happens later yes. right <laughs> It's always dangerous to say that because you never know people are going to go off the rails.
1: But as of this moment in the recording, I'm going to (laughs) say shout out to the goat who that's, I mean, maybe, I don't know what Denzel's spiritual beliefs are. I don't, I don't know, but man, way to uh, drop a word, drop a word into a situation. Right. Um,
0: Anything else you want to say there? How does that affect youth ministry? Anything else you want to add Elizabeth or Major Jamie to that?
1: Yeah, no, I just think it's this, listen. Talk to your young people about this. See what they think. Ask them those questions. Like, okay, you know, when when someone is disrespectful to you, what what do you? How do you feel? Is the appropriate way to handle it? Again, our goal in all these things and and what discipleship. It's not always about us telling people how to react or how you should feel about this situation or how you should react when you're in this situation. But it's about talking these things through. Um, You know, mentoring through these situations, offering alternate viewpoints, uh, a chance to say, well, this is what God's word says. Does that change the way you think about it? Um, You know, it's all about conversation and relationship, not just transmitting information from point A to point B, but that open pipeline, learning from each other, working things out together.
0: So, I, ask
1: your young people how they feel about it. What are their thoughts?
0: I would lead people uh, to this to Romans twelve um, verses seventeen through twenty one, just to finish it out. Like, do not repay anyone evil for evil. You know that's where we are in the scripture here. Uh, do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it's written, "I will avenge, I will repay." The Lord, um, the Lord will 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 do these things, and you can read about that in Romans chapter twelve. All right, last point. Let's wrap this up. Our last point. We're going to talk to again some lingering effects of the pandemic for the most part across the country, youth councils, youth retreats, summer camp, things are opening back up, Salvation Army wise. And so there are another thing I heard in the news today. Uh, another thing that's added to the supply chain. That's going to be broken. You know, so we've had, we had our toilet paper, right? We had our toilet paper shortage. We've had computer chips for electronics that we're still waiting for.
1: Um, coins. Are we still in a coin shortage? Uh, I don't Who know. uses coins? That's like how are we in a coin shortage? Who how uses dare coins?
0: you, Salvation Army <laughs> kettle? Oh, you? you're right.
1: My bad. Erase that Elizabeth.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, leave it in. And then uh No, you're
1: right. We use coins at Christmas.
0: And then uh cream of chicken soup. Major Jamie and I have been trying to find cream of chicken soup forever. And you can only you can only buy it in the little cans now. You can't buy it in the family cans anymore.
1: I think it's just our grocery store.
0: So Campbell's, if you want to sponsor the show, hit us <laughs> up. But here's a new one. Here's the new one. Tocino Pizza Rolls announced that they're going to probably have some shortage. And all the middle school boys in America <laughs> tore, their clo- tore their clothes and sa- put on sackcloth and ashes in their heads.
1: Listen, I'm just going to say, this is not a bad thing. I don't know what they did to those pizza rolls, but they are not the same pizza rolls from the 90s. How? How? How dare you? Either that or, you know, I've just grown up and I need to... <laughs> How dare you again? I said, good <laughs> day, sir. <laughs> had just not long ago, prior to the shortage, I was I was saying to my kids, have you ever tasted these? And they were like, no. I was like, okay, we're going to have them. They're magnificent. And then I tasted one I was like, these are trash. What happened? They taste
0: like ha-cha-cha because when you put them in your mouth, they're so hot. They're p- pillows of lava. You go, ha-cha, ha-cha, cha cha
1: um, Maybe you never learn your lesson.
0: Here are some of the impacts, some of the lingering effects. So, not only are the supply chain issues going on, but here's listen. Of the- oh, go ahead. Go sorry,
1: ahead. I'm going to say the supply chain issues are even affecting us here directly with my work in the publications department. Is that there are a lot of issues going Segway on in the paper? Three. Yeah, the paper industry um, that are affecting our publications. It makes it really challenging from month to month. Um, you know, I I've never. Prior to this appointment, I never before prayed for the paper industry, but now I do. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know it's it's affecting it's affecting ministry here in a way that I had not anticipated.
0: Interesting. Um, some of the good impacts that we have seen, some of the lingering effects. Now, I'm just trying to talk about things that are going to maybe take longer to get used to. Is some of the good things is uh, scientists have told us the air quality. In the world has improved because people were driving less. So the air quality is better. Um, we have cleaner environments like cleaner beaches, uh, cleaner nature preserves, cleaner woods, that kind of Cause stuff. Because the, the
1: humans aren't there, is what you're saying?
0: Because the humans aren't there is what I'm trying to say. And then they even said uh, like the environment – you know, we have uh, light pollution noise pollution uh and and that stuff has subsided mostly the noise pollution because people aren't out they're not in their cars they're not talking on cell phones loudly you know there's not cranking loud music
1: not congregating we are feeling the the
0: air cleaner beaches cleaner world and low environment impact uh noise because humans have kind of stayed low we've stayed low wherever now there have been some bad things we'll talk about these for a little bit. So I just want to hit up these bad things um, that have been impacted, but then also uh, some hopes for the future. So uh, one of the lingering effects that we're going to see is a lack of trust in government, right? Because I think some people say uh, we don't want to get political here. Trust me. That's definitely another podcast for another day. But there are people because of the. You know, you got this mask mandate here, this mask mandate there, because the rules were so different all over between states, counties, governments, cities, man. So nowadays people are just they say it's just going to be a mess for a while as people continue to have to rebuild that trust. Um, the second thing, importance of mental health. That has been dragged to the future. How much have we said? Major Jamie, you said it, I think, last episode. Um, there is a uh, mental health epidemic in the world, a loneliness, uh, a, a dis- depression, a despair, that kind of thing. And then the third effect, and then I'll let you talk, Major Jamie, is we are still in the midst of the great resignation where people have quit jobs. Because um, they said, I, if I'm going to uh, – I, I heard it plainly said is this. If I'm going to die, I'm going to find a job that I enjoy doing. Right? No, no longer of this, just I'm going to pay the bills. I want to find fulfillment in what I'm doing. All right. Talk to us, and Major Jamie, about those three things before we get into the hopefully good things that are coming out of the pandemic.
1: Like, I think that's already kind of a propensity to culture here in America just because of the way that we were founded. Yeah. Um, I think there's just always been that kind of distrust. But I think that um, it was just compounded. It was an enhancer. Of, yeah. Because they're, you know, just, Uh, You're you're right. Different messages coming from here, different messages from here. How are these people translating the data and all those kind of things? And so I think people are just, they were already distrustful, I think, but now even more so.
0: Okay. Speak of mental health, all the mental health.
1: Yeah. I mean, we've talked about this a lot, but you're right. The... Here's the thing: the pandemic did not create the mental health epidemic. There was already a mental health. It enhanced health. it. I think yeah. that's going
0: to be the key we're hearing here. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it, yes, right. It's almost like COVID was a magnifying glass. Ooh, good phrase. And or a spotlight, and is just shining a light or magnifying these issues that already existed, and now they're just you know rising up, or we're able to see them more clearly um, because of the effects that that COVID has had on culture. Um, so. We, we already had a mental health problem, and there are probably a lot of different contributing factors to that. Uh, we are not mental health experts. We read a lot of data and a lot of articles just because of the nature of our work. Yep. Um, but I'm, I, I'm not qualified to say, well, this is the reason why we have a, okay. a thing. But again, the pandemic... Exacerbated an already existing problem that has now risen to the level where the Surgeon General is saying, "Okay, we're ready to call this mental health crisis an epidemic because it is affecting so such a large percentage um, of young people."
0: Okay, uh, and then great resignation. Anything you want to say there? Oh,
1: I have lots of things to say about the great <laughs> resignation. And to be honest, I under like I understand it. I understand that need to say. Like, I think that COVID has made us. Um, aware again, an increased understanding of our own mortality. And so people, you know, are wanting to live their best life while they can. Um, you know, if, if I can work for a company who gives me the opportunity to, to come to the office, but to also work from a lake house Mm. where on my lunch break, I can go, you know, float around and drink a Dr. Pepper, (laughs) And come back and do some more work. I think you've okay.
0: envisioned this life because that was strangely listen, specific. I've been
1: trying to figure out how can i how can I be the director of publications from a lake. <laughs> <laughs> can, can I do that? That'd be fantastic. Uh, the answer is no, you can't. So, <laughs> there's or at no least paper. I haven't figured out how to do shortage. it. There's paper shortage. That's right. Listen, there's a paper shortage, so I should be able to take a break. <laughs> well, no, that, that
0: segues here so, uh, into what – let's go into that real quick. The, the three things that they said, the good hopes that we have for the future that have come out of the pandemic. And one was exactly what you just said. There will be a ri- – the experts are saying there's going to be a massive rise in technology um, and tele-everything, telework. work tele I don't even know what else could be everything but like teleconference yeah teleconference telework people ordering food online I mean all these things more and more stuff will go to uh, telework so um, talk about that like you just were well
1: yeah so it's interesting though like the cynical part of me or the part of me that um, imagines all the bad things is like are we just making it easier for the robots to take over you know like in the sci-fi movies that's all we're doing we're making ourselves so reliant on technology that one day it's going to overtake if us if there's
0: a te- if a technology group started gets started called skynet then we know we're in trouble
1: <laughs> that's right Run, <laughs> avoid at all costs. So there is a conversation, and it, we could have a whole podcast about this. Maybe one day we will Save about it. Um, the pod like the positive sides of this. That it it does make things more accessible to people who can't get out and reach those services. Um, you know, having people who are homebound or whatever now have greater access. Does it also, though, make us more? Uh, of an individualistic society because we're not out in community in the way that we were? Um, does does that contribute to the mental health mm. pandemic? They because got the we're not having in social interactions. We know that we were created for relationship. Human beings are hardwired to be in community. And so when we take that communal aspect out, what are the effects? Um, so like everything, I believe this this rise in technology, there are goods and there are bads. And we just have to figure out again, the balance and navigating that in a way where, a hundred years from now we're like oh man we really messed up
0: there are two more good hopes that are coming out of this uh experts are saying you're going to see a rise of the quality of life um just because people with more teleworking people will be commuting less so you won't have so much traffic on the roads and everybody in major cities said hallelujah um so you'll see a lot of that quality of rise and then again people will do things that they want they just will there's almost there's I'm going to say this and this sounds really crass and I don't mean it to be, but hear what I'm saying. Like it's, it's a pandemic makes us realize that we are mortal and that there will be an end to this. And I think that makes that in that it's a tough lesson, but in the sharpness of that, we realize that life is beautiful and we want to enjoy it. Um, Jesus has come to give us life and give it to us more abundantly. And we want to enjoy that abundant life in him now. And lastly, you're going to see stronger families. They said they'll see a lot – because families will be home more, you will see uh, families begin to – that family unit will begin to grow again, stronger bonds within family. Go ahead, Major Jamie. Speak to that uh, before we close out this episode.
1: Yeah, I think that's a um, – it's a tricky thing because I do think that, yes, for for families where there's healthy situations set up, Fair. you do have the great uh, – the opportunity for increased time and you know stronger – uh, bonds being made in families that are at risk or where young people are at risk because it's not a healthy well, environment an
0: addiction issue, something like yeah, that.
1: Yeah. Then it creates also the more possibility for trauma. Nightmare. So again, like in everything there are, there are goods and there are bads and we need, we just got to figure out, we need to be aware. Uh, I think we need to not be so caught up in like, Oh, uh, let me celebrate my healthy, but not be aware of, of the potential dangers that are happening in other places, how can we still make sure that we're addressing those things and keeping our kids safe?
0: Guys, they say uh, most experts, most sociologists would say that culture changes every four months, culture changes out. And if this pandemic has taught us anything, it's that the world in 2019 no longer exists. We just have to go ahead and embrace that. All we have now is what the Lord has given us today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough worries of its own. Don't worry about what you will eat. Don't worry about what you drink. Jesus told us we just trust in him and don't worry about that. Any uh, Anything else, uh, Elizabeth, Major Jamie, any lingering effects on ministry that you feel like sharing before you ask our final question?
1: No, I think the the, I mean, like, like in everything, we just have to be flexible Open to what's happening, open to the conversations that we can have, but check on your people. That's really Ooh. the thing is check on your people. Good stuff. Not everybody's okay. We, we're we seeing it like we talked about earlier uh, with with the Oscar incident. Um, you know, we say by pebbles and some of our people are under a whole lot of pebbles. Yeah. And just can't take one more. So we need to be checking on our people, making sure that we're okay. Um and again, just, uh, it all comes down to relationship.
0: All right, Major Jamie, we need some joy. Ask us our last
1: question, please. Yes, all right. Every week we we ask this question, what is bringing you joy? Elizabeth, what's bringing you joy this week?
2: Okay, are you familiar with the musical group EXO? No. Okay, they are a fabulous Chinese-Korean boy band. Chinese-Korean. Yes, it's really cool. There's It's mostly Korean now because they've lost a few members, but... They're okay. fabulous and so, they have this.
0: So we have BTS, BTS. And, and now we have EXL.
2: No, EXO. EXO. They've been around. They're actually celebrating their 10 year anniversary. Okay. Like, they've been around for a good while. So but, they
0: go by EXO. They don't go by EXO.
2: You know, I'm going to call them EXO. But
0: <laughs> okay, okay, I, okay. okay,
2: They have a fabulous song. What's, their, called, what's the best song? Okay. I read down. Don't fight the feeling. Don't. I don't know what it's about <laughs> other than that one line. Is it
0: in Korean? So,
2: I assume it's Korean. There could be some Chinese in there too, but it's fabulous. Super groovy, very like danceable. So check it out.
0: Don't fight the feeling. What's the Justin Timberlake song? I I was singing... yeah, can't, I'm singing can't that. Stop one. the can't stop the can't the this
2: one's yeah. much better. And the music video is very cool. It's like space. How games. many
0: members are in their group? Because BTS has oh, well, fifty-five people in okay,
2: it. Okay. I believe, well, three of them are on like the military leave. And so I think they're only at seven right now. Okay. They might have been at like twelve when they were at full capacity. Okay. And they were two groups that came together, like EXO slash blank
0: Yeah. Okay, listen, yeah. I got to walk that back real quick. Sorry, because the BTS army, there is an army of teenage girls out there that will murder you if you get stuff wrong about BTS on the internet. So there's only seven members, I think, of BTS 955. That was a yes! joke. No,
2: that's true. Please don't come there's for seven. me.
0: Please don't come for me because they will cancel people. It's, They're incredible. I'm scared to death of those BTS of army. The
2: BTS army. They're awesome. <laughs>
0: for me, what's bringing me joy? Listen, I'm late to the party. I'm way late to the party, but I finally got around to watching The Chosen. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, 2019, 2020, whatever it was. So uh, I'm not even finished. I'm on season two. I am totally into this show. I am totally in. Um, I get you had to download it on an app and watch it off your app, but when Amazon Prime took it over and I could watch it on that, that's when I got into it. So you weren't,
1: what you're saying is you weren't willing to support the Christian app, but when Big Brother, a conglomerate took over now you're here for it that's what you're saying you i'm put, sorry i just want to make sure that i'm clear and understanding your joy
0: major jamie when you put it like that it sounds so <laughs> terrible so thank you for stealing my joy um but the chosen that's it if you haven't listen if you're not if you're not if you haven't watched the chosen download the app check it out it's pretty cool and again filmed on location at camp Hoblitzell of the salvation army in texas major jamie last thing wrap us up what's giving you joy
1: Well, there are uh, lots of joyful things. Sometimes in life, we have to choose joy, right? Mm. We have to choose, choose joy. And so, this week, while uh, it is making my life a little bit difficult, I am choosing to have joy in the opportunity, and that is um, these classes that I'm able to take right now. I'm working on my degree, um, and man. This new class, the workload is killing me, but the things that I am experiencing, the things that I'm learning throughout the process, um, have been helpful. Every class I take, I find, you know, some, some kind of application to ministry. Um, and so I'm really appreciative of that. And so this week I'm choosing to have joy (laughs) because I have the opportunity to complete this program. Do you want to,
0: you want to shout out your professor right now for extra credit?
1: No, my professor does not listen to this podcast. So also, that'd be great if I could get extra credit. I would shout that man out every single week. <laughs> All right. Uh,
0: That's a great uh, point, Major Jamie. Sometimes we just have to choose joy. Well, thank you for hanging with us. That's going to end this episode of the Battle Line podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the Battle Line wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to check out the PEER website at peermag.org or follow PEER on the socials at peer.org magazine until next time this has been the battle Line podcast bye everybody see ya